Hello world, I'm Max Patton, and this is Dreaming Polygons, the podcast that explores the games industry by interviewing ambitious dreamers and creators who are shaping its future, one polygon at a time. For today's episode, we're going to look at the aspect of game development that many people take for granted, user interface or UI design. My guest today is lead UI designer at Disney Lucasfilm, responsible for the interface and user experience of the Star Wars games on mobile, Mike Mariano who I'm going to chat with about what it's like to design the parts of games players aren't even supposed to notice. Let's see what Mike has to say. Hey everyone, I am with Mike now. First of all, what made you decide to get into games from where you were, and what's kept you in this industry? Well, I think games has always been somewhat of a passion of mine. Definitely when I was growing up, I'm starting out with the Nintendos and the Segas. It's always been something that I've been interested in. And surprisingly, I didn't realize that it was something that I could actually do. So um, that kind of leads into some of the other stuff of just how I got into this industry. Um, It was never something that I thought I could ever do, but I'm really happy that I'm here and I'm definitely excited for the future. And you were doing like uh, marketing for Microsoft right before, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my my background is really in, in Flash, which is essentially a dead technology. Um, like it was a huge technology when I was when I was in school, um, and then even the years right after school, like everybody's using Flash. Um, so I started like by animation and creating websites and and different marketing campaigns, and then realizing that that led to kind of gaming and how games were being built on the Flash engine, and that's kind of what brought me into games in general. So my background was really in web, but. With Flash and with technology, I was able to get into gaming, which is where I am now. Mm-hmm. And I guess you were in there at a really good time because uh, your first gaming job was Zynga, right? Yep. And Zynga at that time was really booming on mobile because mobile gaming at that point, um, at least what Zynga was doing, was very similar to Flash gaming you saw like, on Facebook. Yeah, so actually I started with Flash Facebook games. Um, so I was, I was there right before Zynga IPO'd. So I was working on a, a game called Mafia Wars, which was actually a, a JavaScript game. Um, but it was, it was definitely different than any other game that I used to play just because it was on Facebook and it was basically a browser game. And it, it, was, it was interesting in that there was a bunch of people that were playing this game that just wouldn't typically play games or the, the type of audience that you didn't think of as a typical gamer were playing these, t- these Facebook games. Yeah. Um, so we were just, we had a huge audience of just people that we just didn't really expect. Being part of that industry early on was was very interesting in that we were just, we were learning so much from the audience and, and Facebook in general and how we could make our games viral and how we could spread our games and make and monetize off these games. There was a lot of knowledge there, but it was it was definitely different than it is now, for sure. And I think it was just the, the viral nature of how Facebook was back then versus how it is now. It's, it's, it's a lot harder to make a hit game than it was back then, for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially, you know, on that format that you see a lot of games following ever since, you know, Clash of Clans and kind of peak Singa. It's a really interesting point you made about, you know, the accessibility in terms of people who never played games were playing those kinds of games because, you know, a lot of the traditional, you know, both gamer crowd and also people in the game developer industry, you know, 
they kind of look down on mobile games and things of that nature. But it, it is really, it's impressive how many people just are playing these games and the impact they're having, because arguably they're the largest games in the world. Yeah, I saw a stat the other day that someone was posting about how most of the revenue from the gaming industry is coming from mobile, whereas, you know, the, the top 10 lists for 2017, none of the games are mobile. So it's, it's, it's a real inter interesting dynamic in that, you know, the industry is shifting for sure. Um, there's, a big, there's a big hatred towards free-to-play. It's not off-target, right? Like there are things that some certain developers do that could probably be curtailed a little bit or, you know, the type of ways that people generate revenue could probably be streamlined a little bit to be less forceful. The way I see it, I think people's main problem is the AAA industry, like the people, you know, uh, EA, uh, Activision, they kind of started adopting the mobile model, but they still charge $60 for their games, right? So it's kind of like a, uh, they're going in for double dipping. It's just not uh, going well with gamers. Whereas mobile games from the beginning or Flash games, they've been like free to play from the, from the onset and they're designed for that. Yeah, I think that was the, the biggest the biggest problem with one of the more recent games that kind of came out of our our studio, or not our studio, but directly, but Lucasfilm Battlefront. Um, we saw a lot of controversy around how that was was built. Um, I think a lot of the console gamers, the console game developers, are trying to adopt some of these techniques that are very successful on mobile, but they're also using some of the older, outdated techniques that console games use, which is the sixty dollar fee to download a game versus free games on mobile where you're just paying incrementally either and you don't really need to pay if you don't you don't have to pay but it's there if you want to play it's a clash of expectations like i'll talk to you know uh, a lot of people that are younger they'll be like you know why would i ever pay for a game because their mindset is on their phone they just have a lot of free games and so when you're making games like that you're reaching like you said an audience you never would otherwise so next up What's user interface design? Because that's what you do now at Disney, where you work. Um, can you explain that at a, at a layman level? Yeah, sure. I mean, like user interface design is essentially everything that the user is seeing and interacting with. Um, and for us, it's the ability to take information and display it in a way that's understandable for a user. So when it comes down to a lot of statistics or things of like priority wise that are important to the user we try to prioritize and lay out things in a way that's easy for a user to comprehend so especially when it comes to some of these games where there's really hard concepts and really there's a lot of details in the statistics we're trying to figure out a way to make that more comprehensible for a user and that they're not overwhelmed and that the decisions that they make are the ones that are important to them. So, so in the end, like we are the advocate for the user. We're the ones that are designing things in a way that doesn't put too many things in their face, that doesn't say, hey, tap here, tap there, tap this. It's very clear on what they're trying to do. And that's really important on mobile because, you know, you have to, it's touch screens, right? People are used to, you know, simple interfaces. You really have to follow that kind of design logic. Yeah, the challenge for us is always like we work with game designers 
who are, are doing the tuning and the balancing and some of the narrative of our stories. But the game designers, they, they're used to a lot of data, whereas the average consumer, like, like we talked about before, the people that we don't expect to be gamers, they're not used to that kind of data. And especially on a screen so small like a phone, like how do we fit all that in there? How do we make sure that we're showing you the information that you only really need to see at the time? So it's, it's a good balance between like priority and just being visually clean when it comes to the experience. It's definitely hard to explain sometimes what we do, but, but when, you get, when you get a very good user experience um, within a game, it's, it's almost like you don't realize that it's there because there's things that just aren't bothering you. And I think people don't realize that games have always actually been quite innovative when it comes to user experience and user interface because they're not you're not using like you know stock Apple or Google like you know um, design you're completely you know making your own engine making your own frameworks for how everything's displayed so games have always had a lot of character and a lot of I think innovation from the very beginning when it comes to interactions even a simple main menu or just uh a pause screen, anything like that can be really important. Yeah, especially when it has to deal with, you know, the IP of your game, like making sure that it fits thematically, um, especially if you're working on something like Star Wars, the brand is so, is so big that you need to make sure that this doesn't hurt your brand, that it's part of your brand and it ex expands the brand to something different and something new. And I want to ask specifically about that because, of course, you have worked with the Star Wars license for your past two big projects at Disney. As you know, everyone listening to this probably knows, that's a pretty big IP. Is there a lot of pressure doing that? Does it excite you? What is it like working with one of the biggest franchises in the world? Yeah, I mean, there's times where, where it's a little unreal when we sit back sometimes when we're making this game and we're, we're getting really nitpicky or we're we're hearing things about the game and we just have to sit back and say, well, wait, a minute. we're actually, we're working on Star Wars right now. This is, this is huge. This is bigger than us almost. It's a little bit unreal. It's, it's been really exciting the past few years, obviously, with the regeneration of the brand and the movies um, and, and just seeing how far gaming has come in that time as well and how we can try to interlink some of these stories and just kind of ex extend the brand. Expanding the experiences, I think, is, is the biggest thing that I'm excited about is, is that the brand isn't really just about the movies anymore. It's about everywhere, right? It's about the games. It's about stories, about books, comic books, TV shows. It's, it's not just going to be about movies anymore. And it's, it's, it's exciting to be part of something that's new and innovative in a way that's so historically you know, ever present, it's like Star Wars is huge and just being a part of that and being able to say that even though we're a small mobile game that's, you know, has ex expansion of the story, it's still feeling like we're a big part of this, this uh, industry and this, and this film and history. Yeah, I mean, like, that's one of the things that, you know, Disney has done really well with the Star Wars brand, and they do well in general, is just incorporate that in so many aspects. They did away, obviously, with all of that expanded universe stuff. But there's all sorts of, you know, new Star Wars stuff that, by and large, I think people really like, including the mobile games, which are really popular. And it's Star Wars, right? So I mean, you know, you say small, but you're still going to be like featured by Apple, or you're going to be on the top charts or something, right? Because it's, it's Star Wars which is, I think, you know, big, a big deal and must be pretty cool to leave your mark on that. Yeah, it's pretty, it's 
pretty crazy. Like I said, it's pretty unreal sometimes when you're just like, wow, I'm actually a part of this. And where you see we're added different Wikipedias or where people are talking about it and talking about our game and our brand and, and just seeing how the response has been, has, has been pretty fun. Um, just like Commander was as well. Like Commander was, was really fun to work on as well. Um, and just, and just uh, experiencing that um, was fun too. And just now we're trying to find more innovative ways to get Star Wars out there. So hopefully Rivals, hopefully Rivals does that and it's, it's looking pretty good so far. Yeah, and that's uh, Commander was kind of more of a you know strategy game in the Star Wars universe, and this is more of an action game, right? Yeah, so this one's this one's uh, it's different. Like there's so it's a third person shooter um, where you get to choose different heroes, and it's basically an arena based PvP. So you go in with three heroes, and then you fight another person with three heroes as well. Um, and shooters don't traditionally do too well on mobile, so we're excited to see how it does. Um, I think having the brand. Um, being able to to take your heroes, to take Luke Skywalker and Leia and Chewbacca and Han Solo into a battle is is definitely something that we have um, an advantage with. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm excited for I'm definitely excited for people to play play it. And at a UI level, what is it like? You mentioned before making it consistent with the Star Wars universe. What does that entail? Yeah, so we work directly with the Lucasfilm Story Group. Um, we have a, a liaison there that kind of makes sure that everything we do is is on par with the other games that are being built. Um, we're, we're also very cognizant of being unique and not being exactly like another Star Wars game, like say Galaxy of Heroes or even like Commander. Um, but we we generally try to keep our themes very consistent, just so people look at it and they can recognize that it is. A Star Wars brand, but there's a lot of freedom in that, which is great. So we're not, it's not like we have to do things a certain way every single time. And it's really just up to the game, what the requirements are that we need to display and, and how we want to visualize um, some of these interfaces. Um, so as long as I think we're, we're generally consistent, um, and it takes a lot of research, but generally like, like once we get to that point, um, it, it if, as long as it feels Star Wars, um, we're very, we end up being pretty successful. Yeah, I mean, ideally, you just want it so that people look at it and they don't think about it. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm playing a Star yeah. Wars game. They don't think about, yeah. oh, this is a nice interface or whatever. Yeah, that's the thing, that's the thing about UI is that we, we, we definitely try to make sure that it's not obvious. Like, like, you don't want the UI to be intrusive. You don't want the UI to take precedence over the characters. Like Star Wars is really about the characters and the heroes and the stories. You don't want the UI to have a, like a personality that overpowers any of these characters. So we have to be very subtle. But as long as we have elements of the brand, I think we're, we're pretty successful. And looking towards the future, you know, your work is up to now in gaming, mainly been related to mobile. You obviously came in at a, at a time when that was really starting to grow. Now that that's so established, you know, everyone has a phone almost everyone plays games on their phone. What do you think is going to be the next frontier of challenges for UI designers like yourself? Is it going to be virtual reality, augmented reality, something else? Yeah, that's something that we're kind of looking at in our studio at the moment. Um, we're exploring AR, we're exploring VR. Um, and it's, it's tough to tell. Um, you know, like VR is, is definitely like the experiences are great, but it's not exactly mass market yet. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's probably about the price point um, and the fact that 
you kind of close yourself off to the world to be in another world that that makes it kind of difficult to 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 do with, with friends for example um, AR I think is, is something definitely more um, accessible and that it doesn't really block you from the world it just kind of enhances your world I'm definitely excited to see what kind of um, potential games can arise from AR internally we are exploring some of those and just to see how how far we can kind of push the AR market I don't think those are going to be I mean I don't know about AR games yet I mean I've seen a few um, and they're and they're great um, tech demos but I haven't seen one that is like you, you have to play it and I think that's that's kind of where mobile games are is like to get that kind of pinch and pull of like I need to play this game versus where AR and VR is it's not it's not quite there yet and I, and I think that's where the innovation is going to happen. And once somebody figures that out, maybe that's us, who knows? But, you know, like if, once somebody figures that out, I think that's when the games are just going to start expanding even bigger. Both in like VR and AR, if you look at Apple and Google, Oculus, HTC, all of the guys, the technology on both fronts seems to be at the level where it's good enough. And with VR, the problem, like you said, is price. And with AR, content, really, just because there is finally, you know, phones have the sensors, the camera technology they need. It's pretty decent, but there's just not that many games. Yeah, they're, they're great tech demos for sure. Like when you see something, you're like, oh, that's amazing. But practical applications, not quite there. Um, I think things that are, are pretty exciting, definitely the, there's the Jedi challenges, things that our, our team in Glendale put out. That's a little bit more in line with, I think, is the future of gaming in AR. Is that a device that kind of interacts with the world and gives you content that you kind of expect, like a fight with Kylo Ren? Like that—that that seems like there's a lot of potential there. Um, and then, and then just other, yeah, other devices. I think, I think the Switch is is awesome. I think there's there's a lot of potential there, and and what Nintendo is doing, um, and just as a plat as a platform and the way that they create games that people can play with in the same room. Versus, you know, being isolated. I think, I think Nintendo's always doing amazing, innovative things. Definitely. And if you just saw, I think yesterday, uh, as of recording this, they announced that a uh, new, la- um, I don't know how to say this, Labo uh, stuff. Yeah, the, Labo. Labo. Who knows? Labo. Uh, yeah. But it's, yep. it's the cardboard Labo. stuff where you can, if people haven't seen it, you should build stuff out of cardboard, put your Switch in it, and play a piano, be a robot or something like that. I definitely see, you know, opportunity for other games and uh, franchises, you know, maybe Lucasfilm ones to do stuff like that. Yeah, the, I mean, the stuff that they're doing is, is always innovative and it's and they're always trying to push it. I mean, they're not always successful, like the Wii U wasn't completely successful, but the Switch definitely was, you know, like there's, and this might not be super successful, but I'm sure the next thing they do will be. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely excited for whatever they put out because it's always something that's, that's, that's kind of challenging the norms of how people play games. And, and, and they're always challenging who should be a gamer. Like they're always targeting people that you don't expect to be gamers or that shouldn't be gamers. The ideal mind of like a console PC gamer. They're always saying, they're always saying like, hey, games are for everyone. And this is, these are the tools for you to create stuff. And I think that's, that's amazing. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of gaming, you know, it's a real serious activity now, obviously, but it's also ultimately it began out of being a thing for kids. And I think companies like Nintendo realize that really well, just with their sense of play and their 
accessibility. So do you think, you know, more mobile stuff in your career? Like, where do you see it going in general? I think so. I think like, um, I mean, for now, I think the devices are getting better and better and better. I mean, it's pretty, pretty soon you're going to have a console quality game in your hand. I mean, we kind of do if you think last gen, like the PS3 or Xbox 360 iPhones and Android devices are basically at that level now, I think. I think it's, it, for me, I think it's about the experience of games um, versus the technology. Because I think like, um, like the fact that we do have a PS3 or PS2 style quality phone doesn't mean we're going to play the, a PS3 game on our phone. Like we just don't, a lot of us just don't have the time to sit there and spend hours and hours on a phone playing a game. It's about like interweaving games within your everyday life. And I think that's kind of where I think a lot of the games, mobile games, are going to progress. Like, how do we how do we create just experiences that fit people's lives versus like a console game with where you want to sit down and spend like three hours at a time on a mobile device? You just don't have that time. You just have like five minutes here and there. And I think like how do we create something that's enjoyable for that five minutes that you have? And I think that's that's still exciting to me because I think those are the types of devices that are going to just be around for a while. Regardless of the technology, I think everybody's going to be connected somehow and, and everyone's still going to have lives somehow. And like, how do we just kind of interweave those two together? Yeah, I mean, are we going to be wearing headsets on our faces? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I know. Is it going to be like Black Mirror or something? Who knows? You yeah, know? that wouldn't be good. <laughs> I know, like hopefully not, but... I think like there's there's a lot of opportunity for us to kind of benefit people's lives in those brief encounters and I think that's what excites me about games in general and it excites me about mobile games um, whether or not whether or not it's your phone or if it's a device that's attached to your head I think we're, there's always going to be a room for some type of escape from reality um, where you want to experience some kind of story that's not your own and if it's Star Wars if it's Marvel like it's even better yeah. And as we get into that, you know, I'm sure we're going to come up with a new interface and experience challenges that people like you need to solve. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely going to be a challenge every, every time the technology gets better and the interfaces start to in integrate with the real world. It definitely gets more challenging, but it keeps it really, really interesting for sure, too. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been awesome having you on. And for everyone listening, I'm glad, you know, we got to do this kind of different episode because yeah. hearing the perspective of, you know, a UX, UI person, I think it's really valuable. Where can people find out about you? If you guys ever want, have any questions about UI or UX, um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, my handle is Mariano Mike. Um, I'm there. I'm accessible. You can message me. You can follow each other. You can ask us for questions, whatever. I'm always up to talk about games or anything. So feel free to contact me. Awesome. And um, thanks again for coming on, and goodbye. All right. Thank you very much. That's it for now. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, feel free to rate us on Apple Podcasts or leave a like on YouTube. You can subscribe to us in most podcast apps and on YouTube as well. There's also Twitter, which you'll want to follow to stay updated on new episodes of our show. Our Twitter is at PolygonsFM. Everything will be linked in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the end of our third episode, and I will see you with new guests next time. Until then, goodbye world.